0: It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros. It's me, Joey P., Joe P. Zapia. That handsome young man, of course, is the one, the only, Scott Bogman. And it's you, and it's all about college football today. That's right, if you can believe it. We are already in week nine of the college football season. We are rocking and rolling. We're going to talk about what we learned from week eight. Look ahead to the primetime games this coming weekend, the likes and the leans of Scott Bogman, which you can check out at bettingpros.com, along with all the consensus lines. And Scott Bogman, I want to talk to you about some history because I got home from flag football, turned on my telly to see the fourth quarter of the Penn State-Illinois game, and then the subsequent Nine overtimes. nine overtimes, nine, the, the level of ineptitude of the amount of overtimes watching the, and people would say nine overtimes. Oh, it must've been like 50 to 47. <laughs> no, no, no. It didn't hit That was the over. not. No, it still didn't hit the over. Even with all those, that was the, one of the craziest things I've ever seen in football period, college professional peewee, all of the above Scott Bogman, Penn state just maybe not as good as everybody thought they were.
1: Overrated. <laughs> overrated. I mean, they're definitely overrated, but I think we could tell that before. And I had mentioned the problems that they had running the ball. And they had 200, I think it was 227 total yards of offense in that game, which for nine overtimes and, um, you know, a full four quarters playing against Illinois is unbelievably bad. Mm-hmm. They just they I know they're definitely were looking ahead to Ohio State, but that's how you drop a game like that at home is you look past who is directly in front of you. You just you really can't afford to do that. I mean, you can never ever do that in the NFL and you absolutely should not do it in college football. There's only a few handful of teams that can do that and they usually don't end up winning against the spread. So um really surprised that that happened but it was like For me, it started because I'm central time. It started at 11 Mm -hmm. and then it didn't end until like mid some of those second games were over.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I stayed late. My daughter's game was over. I stayed to watch some of the third and fourth grade games, their first game. (laughs) Then I went home and the Penn State game was still on. (laughs) And then watching Arthur Sikowski, who happened to also go to my high school uh, in New Jersey. And my friend who I went to high school with is our high school football coach now. And i had been hearing about him for years. And I remember when he, you know, played at Rutgers and threw a million interceptions. And I didn't even realize that, he you know, broke he broke his through the... wrist. I know he had, game. well, you knew he broke his wrist, but I didn't realize that he had gone through the transfer portal and all this stuff. And oh, yeah, what a terrible yeah. way I would imagine for his college football career to end uh, that way, yeah. too. But that's the other thing to compound it all. The point I'm making is to a backup quarterback. They lost an overtime to Illinois' backup quarterback, Bogman. Yeah, because uh, Brandon no Peters got
1: ever. hurt that week one. And because he's pretty good, specifically, I play a lot of college fantasy, and mm-hmm. uh, he's a good runner, Brandon Peters is. But had just not been healthy enough, and even when he was healthy enough, I think they're like, ah, eh, the playing okay. Let's just keep him in there. So, uh, yeah, they came in. Uh, Brandon Peters comes in late. And, uh, you know, all you got to do is convert a t- uh, two-point two conversion. That's it. And he got the one in the ninth overtime after Penn State had missed theirs for the millionth time and ended up winning it. And it was crazy. And, you know, they weren't the only ones to not show up. Uh, Oklahoma did not show up to Kansas until halftime, which was just uh, very, very surprising to me because Caleb Williams looked like they had just clicked and uh, onto a second gear, right? And then they come out completely flat. The defense was terrible against Kansas, too. I mean, Kansas looked like you know, a regular, like a Baylor or Iowa state or somebody like that playing against Oklahoma and you can't make Kansas look good. Obviously everybody gets up to play Oklahoma and Oklahoma was looking way past this game, but, um, they, they played uh, a little close in that one too. Um, Ohio state, I think we have to say is the most, not most dominant non Georgia team, uh, (laughs) since that loss to Oregon, their closest game, Was the 21 point win the week after that against Tulsa? Everything else has been blowouts, and they got Penn State this week. So we'll get Mm. to that game. uh, Yeah, we will. Pitt is for real. Kenny Pickett is a legit Heisman contender. He went from uh, plus 2,500 to plus 1,000 after the win over Clemson, uh, as far as Heisman odds go. And OK State got exposed by Iowa State, man. It was, uh, and, and there's way more, but we don't have time to go over the entire week eight but it was a really fun week in college football specifically for me because my Longhorns could not lose
0: (laughs) all right well let's look ahead and turn the page we'll start with South Florida at ECU ECU nine and a half point favorites in this contest 56 and a half is the number Boggs take us through
1: I mean it's an awesome game that nobody wants to play defense in right I have the Pirates in this one ECU sitting at three and four but the games they've lost were against teams that with Way better rosters, in my opinion, of course. But they beat Marshall, who I thought was better than them. Uh, They lost by three to South Carolina, an SEC team. They held UCF to 20 points, and they took Houston to overtime on the road this week. So South Florida has been a little better than expected, but they were expected to be one of the worst teams in the country. So it's not like they're good. The only thing that USF does better than average is run the ball. And the only thing ECU is decent on in defense is stopping the run, probably because team, they're like 120 something against the pass. So most teams can pass on them. But I think this is an ECU beat down. This is the only uh, nationally televised game on um, on Thursday. So uh, I think the Pirates win that one.
0: All right, let's move on to number one ranked Georgia. They're 14 point favorites versus Florida. The number is 51. This game's in Jacksonville. Here's a question for you. Are you a little surprised that the number is only 14? I understand Florida's had some good moments in the <laughs> season, but this is number one ranked Georgia right now. Should this be a little bit bigger of a number?
1: Uh, I think, I think it could be a bigger number and I think people would bet it, but Well, maybe it's just
0: the time to get in on it before it starts getting bigger. I guess that's the question. It
1: could definitely get bigger. But uh, Mm -hmm. remember, Florida played Bama hard. And Florida has one of those rosters where they can match up with these best teams in the country like Alabama, like Georgia, at any given moment, right? They can also lose to LSU, which they did. So, like, it's... Florida is a Jekyll and Hyde team, which is why you've got to take Georgia in this game. Both these teams have had quarterback issues, but the only one that matters right now is Florida. It really doesn't matter who's at the helm for Georgia. They keep winning games. Georgia's going to win this game with defense show. They're number one in scoring. They've given up, it, just take a crack, seven games. How many touchdowns have they given up?
0: Uh, four.
1: Five. Five. <sighs> They've given up five touchdowns this season. No team has scored more than 13 against them still. Florida is the first team that can probably score more than one touchdown against them. But the Jekyll and Hyde dance they've done on offense. They're averaging 34.4 points per game, but Auburn is averaging more and Georgia held them to 10 points. Florida is going to go between. They just announced right before we start recording this, that Emory Jones is going to start this game, but Anthony Richardson has been playing better, but I don't think it matters. Uh, Florida would have to win this game on defense and they're pretty good at defense, but no one can handle Georgia. This is going uh, to be another win uh, Georgia's five and two against the spread this season. I think they're going to beat down Florida. I think they're almost they're almost unstoppable. And it's so weird to see because they're completely one dimensional. They are a 100 percent defensive team. Most of their points, uh, you know, have uh, come off of just short fields and punts and turnovers and that kind of stuff. So I think playing Bama is going to be huge for Georgia. But I don't Mm. think anyone else can stand a chance against them. I think they're just beating people into the ground. I think it's going to happen with Florida this week, too.
0: Texas Tech is going to take on fourth ranked Oklahoma. Oklahoma is 19 and a half point favorites. The over under in this one is 66 and a half. Is there any way that Texas Tech can possibly hang here with Oklahoma?
1: Yeah, I think there is. And look, there's so much going on here. Texas Tech just fired their head coach, Matt Wells. Oklahoma didn't show up for that half against Kansas and didn't beat the spread and could have lost that game outright. I mean, they ended up winning by more than uh, a touchdown, but they could have definitely uh, lost that game. Texas is allowed. uh, Texas Tech has allowed three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to lose by one point to K-State at home. And then that's what Caused Matt uh, Wells to get fired. Actually, that was in the second half, not in the fourth quarter. But Texas Tech did not score in the second half. Uh, I I do think Oklahoma is completely overrated. And I think that's not a secret. I think everyone has seen that this year. They've come close to losing a bunch of games. They keep that zero in the loss column, though, and they keep uh, being ranked very, very high. Um, I just, the problem is that I, I can definitely see Tech scoring enough to keep this game close and beat this 19 and a half number. So I'm going to take the Red Raiders against the spread. Uh, I'm going to run away from this over under 66 and a half looks good. But if this is a low scoring game, this trends to Oklahoma, not covering this number. But if it it goes high as well, that means Texas Tech is probably scoring. So I think either way, I'm going to take Texas Tech in this game. But I think when you get a new coach uh, or you fire your coach and have an interim head coach, what they do is they say, I have to get the ball to my best player. And Eric Azucama yeah. is he's a NFL level wide receiver for Texas Tech. He's enormous. He scored a touchdown on a reverse in the first quarter and then got four targets for the rest of the game. How do you do that? Like, mm-hmm. you're losing this game. That too. stuff
0: will get you fired, Boggs.
1: It'll get you fired. And they're on their backup quarterback, Henry Collinby because they had the, the transfer Tyler Shuck from Oregon in there uh, playing well the first couple weeks. But come on, man, you got to put up some points. And I I think they can do it. Uh, Oklahoma's defense not playing up to snuff right now. It took, uh, you know, two and a half quarters for them to get going on offense. And if they get that late start against Texas Tech, Texas Tech going to put up more points than Kansas did. I guarantee you that.
0: Colorado at seventh ranked Oregon, Oregon, 24 point favorites in this contest. 49 is the over under. I know Oregon is frustrating and trusting them is always tough, but. (laughs) I mean, Colorado's offense is not good here, Bob. So, so bad, can man. we trust Oregon?
1: I mean, how can we trust the Ducks? They're two and five against the spread this year. Yes, uh, but
0: Colorado—they—they <laughs> they pl- uh,
1: played in five one-score games this season. Uh, the answer is, though, Joe, what you just said. They're playing Colorado, who's also two and five against the spread, and have only played in one one one-score game in that uh, 10-7 to loss to Texas A&M, in which the Aggies quarterback, starting quarterback, Haynes King, broke his ankle in the second quarter, and they had to go to the freshman or the sophomore, Calzada. Uh, The Buffalo's offense is pathetic. It's so bad, Joe. 125th in scoring, 15.1 points per game, so just over two touchdowns a game. 99th in rushing at 121 yards per game. And the real sadness and patheticness is the (laughs) passing offense, which is 127th in the nation. Joe 127, the three teams that are worse than, than Colorado are the three military Academy teams that all run the triple option. Those are the only teams that are worse passing the ball on a week to week basis than Colorado throw away every other number. It doesn't matter. They don't matter if you can't, pass and get first downs you're going to have nothing you have nothing to do against oregon they are going to beat down colorado oregon has been uh screwing us all year long but this is the game that it's going to pay off for us so i am taking oregon and laying those points
0: all right let's go to another one that could be frustrating florida state at clemson Clemson, 10-point favorites. They are 0-7 on the year against the spread. The number is 47 (sighs) and a half. Can we trust Clemson to cover this 10?
1: The quarterback situation is up in the air for Clemson, and I still trust them more than I uh, do Florida State, who's, you know, Clemson, like you said, 0-7 against the spread. It's pathetic. Florida State is decent on offense, but it all stems from their running game, which features one of the best running backs in the country, and Deshaun Corbin, uh, and the second-year running back, Trishon Ward, has been pretty good. And they get some running from Jordan Travis to quarterback too. So they're sitting at 13th rushing the ball, but the strength of Clems- Clemson's defense is stopping the run. They rank 30th against the run third in scoring defense only behind Michigan and Georgia. So FSU is just middle of the pack on defense, but Clemson two teams, Joe, I think I might've said this last week too, but two teams have scored 20 points or less uh, against every FBS opponent. They've played. It's the University of Arizona and Clemson. Those are the two teams that cannot score. So 47 and a half. What are we talking about? How are we getting to this total at all? I'm taking the under. I'm not messing with the spread. I'm not going to lay points for Clemson, take points for FSU. They both suck. But I will take the under because these these defenses are both decent and these offenses are both very, very bad. So uh, I'm going to take the under in this one.
0: All right, let's go to the next of the likes here. 20th ranked Penn State now, and rightfully so after last week at fifth ranked Ohio State. Ohio State probably playing their best football right now. 18 and a half point favorites in this game. 59 and a half. But this is a rivalry game. So I'm going to ask you, is this a trap?
1: Nope, it's not a trap. Uh, The uh, closest game, like I said before, Ohio State has played. Well, the uh, Penn State that,
0: offense is just it's just it's terrible. Pathetic, the quarterback play has been terrible, too.
1: It's bad. Ohio State it has the number one scoring offense this season, 49.3 points per game. Penn State is an impressive six in scoring defense, only 14.7 points per game. Uh, and, but they played nobody in Ohio State's neighborhood as far as offense goes this year. They played like Wisconsin and Iowa. You know, they played some hard teams, but they're good teams because they're good on defense, not because they're good on offense. I have no trust at all in this point in Penn State's offense. Penn State at 227 yards in nine overtimes against Illinois. And they've had uh, quarterback issues. Uh, I mentioned it last week. Sean Clifford is hurt. Uh, they just don't try. They'd rather play Sean Clifford at 65 percent than go to Roberson, which tells you everything you need to know about Roberson, I think. So um, I just don't see how they stay in this game with the Buckeyes. And I got the Buckeyes by more than 18 and a half in this one by a, a pretty decent margin.
0: It should be. Theoretically, I- I'm with you. But uh, there's always that little bit of me that's slightly nervous. It it's college kind of football, games. man. Right. Cause you know, one team could look so bad one week and you go, how can you lose a nine overtimes to Illinois and then stay close to Ohio state? And it's uh, just, it's one of those weird things. But the fact that it's again on the road, it makes me also, you know, lean towards certainly I Ohio went, state in this one.
1: I went five and five last week, Joe, on my picks. And I was mad and I was particularly mad at Houston because that, you know, they couldn't beat ECU by mm-hmm. enough points to cover. And They didn't hit the over in overtime. All I needed was one overtime where they both scored touchdowns, and I hit that over. And they couldn't get it. They scored in overtime, and stupid ECU didn't, of course. So I missed it on both ends. Then I looked to see how uh, a lot of uh, algorithms and sites did, and I was like, "Mm, five five fives all right this week, I
0: guess. Yeah, yeah. Last week five and five is you'll you'll take that and run. Yeah. Uh, Now this last one on the likes, I can't believe is here because it's Notre Dame. (laughs) I don't know how this happened. This has got to be an error Ugh. somewhere. North Carolina at 11th ranked Notre Dame. Notre Dame, three and a half point favorites at home. 62 and a half is the number here. So Boggs, how in the world did Notre Dame get into the likes?
1: <sighs> yeah, look, don't make me regret this, Joe. I have no I'm, faith in I either. Think we immediately all both regret this. I yeah, right I'm, I'm Ron Burgundy dropped jumping into the bear pit. I immediately <laughs> regret this decision. Uh, UNC is four and three with some weird losses. Georgia Tech as a 14 and a half point favorite. They lost to Florida State. As a 17 and a half point favorite, they're sitting at three and four against the spread this year. Uh, Notre Dame is four and three against the spread. Uh, However, they had the three uh, against the spread losses they have been the first two weeks of the season FSU and Toledo, and then the game they lost to Cincinnati. So they have gotten better as the season goes on. They've adjusted this offense more towards Jack Cohn as the season has gone on. And I, my gut is telling me to go to Notre Dame here. Jack Cohn seems to have worked through his issues and has had his best game uh, of the season since his big week one against Florida state where really the defense was bad in that game. Um, it, it, he went uh, 20 of 28 uh, in the last game, the 189 yards he threw for aren't going to beat North Carolina, but I think they should be able to prove upon that, um, you know, the big win against USC. Kind of has me a little bit confident in Notre Dame. Don't make me regret it, Notre Dame. Don't make me do it. So uh, UNC has a you know NFL-level caliber quarterback uh, in Sam Howell, but outside of that, it's been ugly for them. So uh, both these teams are Jekyll and Hyde, but since those early against the spread losses for Notre Dame, where I was relying on them, they've been pretty good. Maybe they go back to sucking since I'm picking them, right? I wouldn't be shocked. but I will pick them. (sighs) Come on, Notre Dame, do something for me.
0: Come on, Notre Dame. All right, Rudy was on at the gym today, by the way. So maybe that's yeah. a good omen. I don't know. Is that Storing So, did there.
1: that like uh, they put on Rudy so you get pumped up while you're? Yeah, they put it on when out. I
0: come in. They're like, oh, there's the short guy. Not you, I just on. mean
1: anybody. No, that's what they do. They say,
0: yeah, go now go lift some weights there, Shorty. That's what they tell me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> go, go run. Let's go to the leans here. Let's start with ninth ranked Iowa at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is three and a half point favorites here in this contest. 36 and a half is the number. Bogman, I got to imagine the lean here is the under in this game, right? I mean, but the numbers 36 and I a know, half. I know, but I mean, geez, I mean I know it's so low, but still, this is not exactly uh you know, this isn't Aaron Coriel here in terms of <laughs> offense we're talking
1: about. I mean 36 and a half, you know, 21 to 17 uh gets you over. So uh this uh dude, I hate this game. You know, who's <laughs> ready for a low scoring defensive game? This one is gonna be in the leans, obviously. Uh, but, uh, just the entire complexion of this game can change on a, uh, a turnover or something. And, mm-hmm. uh, my buddy, Nick Allen told me the stat today is that 53% of Wisconsin's points have come off of turnovers. So, um, are they going to be able to turn over Iowa is the big question. These teams do their best work on defense. Uh, Iowa's in the top 10 in scoring passing and rushing defense. Wisconsin is better statistically at stopping the run than Georgia. Uh, Cause they're number one in that and they're top 20 in scoring and passing Iowa's 75th um, or worse in all three offensive categories. But the weakest to me is in the Wisconsin passing game. Mertz is only averaging 21 pass attempts and the Badgers passing offense is 123rd in the nation averaging 146 yards per game. And in their wins, he's only averaging 15 attempts per game. I think, The absolute lopsidedness of the Badgers offense gives Iowa the edge here. And uh, Xavier in that same show said that it's uh, Mertz has two passing touchdowns and seven interceptions. I didn't even look at that stat, but that is this guy is a starting quarterback for a good Wisconsin team. He has two touchdowns and seven picks. So uh, that is the big difference for me. So I'll take Iowa, but Wisconsin's at home, they're favored. This is going to be a very low scoring game. So, you know, Iowa turns over the ball and you can easily see Wisconsin running away with this one. I just, I hate it. I, I can't stand that
0: game. <laughs> Sixth ranked Michigan taking on Michigan State, uh, who's ranked ninth in the nation. Michigan's four and a half point favorites. The number's 51. Uh, another historical matchup here, one that everybody waits for. Uh, the question is, how good is Michigan State really?
1: Right, and that's kind of why... You know, I look at this game and I go, well, come on. Like, this is the game that Michigan is definitely going to lose. They've looked way too good this year. Jim Harbaugh (laughs) always (laughs) drops some crappy one, right? So this is definitely going to be it. But I started looking. I love MSU, MSU, but they haven't beaten the best competition, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. the Spartans' best win is probably a dominant beatdown on the road against Miami in week three or the Indiana win maybe without their quarterback. I don't know. Michigan hasn't really been challenged that much either. They do have a signature win against Wisconsin, which they showed the ability to switch up and pass the ball. So Michigan State is 121st in passing defense so far, mainly because teams have to pass against them to play catch up. Mm -hmm. But I think that that this is a Michigan win, Uh, but Michigan State is dangerous. So this one's a lean for me. I do think Michigan uh, should win this game, but that four and a half, that point and the hook really get me. I think if okay. they were three-point road favorites, I would like them more, and I'd put this in the likes, but that point that point That's and fair. the hook on the road against a rival uh, without a really good offense, and they've been switching back and forth between quarterbacks, too, Michigan has. Um, and Michigan State, it's just, I think Michigan stops Kenneth Walker, the Heisman candidate for Michigan State. I think this is one of his worst games of the season here. What else can they do? Can they pass on Michigan to beat them? I would probably say no. So if Mm -hmm. you're stopping both sides of this Michigan um, offense, then they're just going to have nothing. So I think this is going to be another low-scoring game. I tell you what, I'll take the under 51.
0: That's fair. The under might be the best one there, too. What about Texas at 16th-ranked Baylor? Baylor, two and a half point favorites. The number on this one is sixty one. Mm-hmm. Texas is good at getting leads, not so much keeping them box.
1: Yeah, I mean, so we know how this one's gonna end, right? Texas gets the lead and then pisses it away in the second <laughs> half. Uh, but this game, I mean, two and a half points is too close to call for the odds makers. The spread is low. These teams are close. Statistically. The big difference specifically recently is that Baylor is stopping teams from scoring and Texas isn't. I think that's the difference to me. Longhorns are probably the better roster, but the bears are playing better. They both had a bye week So there's no advantage there either. Um, I'll go with Baylor. I've seen enough Texas tackling to know that it isn't going to get fixed with one bye week. So I'll take the Bears at home. It kills me to do that. I do think the Longhorns have the best player in the country and B. John Robinson. They're not utilizing him correctly in the second half. Dude mm-hmm. get 20 carries in the second half. He's just not getting them. So uh I, I gotta take Baylor for the way they're playing now and the way that Texas has played the last two weeks.
0: All right, last one here, 10th rank Ole Miss. At 18th ranked Auburn, Auburn's actually favorites in this one, two and a half. And the number 66 box, I feel like the wrong team is favored in this game.
1: I do, too. But, uh, you know, the Vegas is raking in money for a reason. Right, Joe. So it's true. Uh, I just this is the hardest game of the week to pick for me. I think it's going to boil down to a few things here. Uh, number one is which Bo shows up the last few weeks. Bo Nick has come back in against LSU after being benched and led Auburn to a win there and helped beat uh, Arkansas with a 21 for 26, two touchdown performance. The defense has been strong for Auburn too, holding Arkansas to 23 points when they averaged 32.8. We know Mississippi is going to score as the seventh ranked team in scoring 41.9 points per game. Uh, And they're led by Matt Corral, who's a Heisman. He's a Heisman front runner right now. And they only have that one loss against Bama. Uh, There's a great article by Nick Suss of the Mississippi Clarion ledger that showed that the, Pace is important against mm-hmm. the Ole Miss defense. When playing with urgency, the Rebs get smoked. Arkansas did it. Alabama did it. Well, Alabama and
0: certainly did it. Yeah,
1: it both scored over forty points, right? So LSU and Tennessee ran the ball more and got beat by uh by Auburn. So uh, I think Ole Miss is the better squad here, and I'm gonna pick them. But I can honestly see this one playing a few different ways, so I'm gonna avoid it. Um, I think the safest play is the under 66.
0: All right. There you have it. Make sure you head over to betting pros again, check out all Bogman's work and check out all these consensus lines. And uh, of course you can subscribe to the podcast for betting pros, wherever you get your pods and follow this guy over on Twitter at Bogman sports. Give him a follow. Come on, let's go. Hopefully (laughs) you'll get Notre Dame this week. And if he doesn't, then you can unfold. Let's go fight Irish. I've always loved you. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, That'll do it for us, but the story of the game goes on. For Scott Bogman, I'm Joey P. We will see you next time, kids.